The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to the 400th episode of Off the Cuff. I am your host, Adam Banks, coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio X app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. In addition... To downloading the app, you can live stream the broadcast on the web at radiolex.us. Ember Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radiolex on North Limestone. Amber, I don't know if you caught that first part of the intro, but today is Off the Cuff's 400th episode. 400 episodes of awesome. 400 episodes, it's a lot. I feel like that's a big landmark for the show. That's a huge landmark. Now, we've only been on the radio for about 150 of those of those broadcasts. Oh, only 150. I love that. But if you look at the overall just franchise of this show from where it first started back on March the 1st, 2014, and and you look at the whole journey of where it is now, it's it's quite unbelievable to think of where this show started and where it is now. And I love the climb. I love the journey. That's the best part about it all. People ask, well, that's a long time to do something. Well, what I love about Off the Cuff is it didn't just become an overnight sensation. No. We had to grow into this sensation that it is. Growing into people's hearts. But Amber, every time on episodes like this, I get very just nostalgia. I get very nostalgic. Yeah. And a lot of just things running through my mind. I take so many walks and strolls through memory lane when I think about where Off the Cuff started. And I really start focusing my attention on the older episodes, back when it was just a podcast. Not really the radio broadcast on times like this. It's just the older episodes is really what stands out in my mind. Yeah, your original blueprint. The original blueprint. And every time we have a big show like this, I know last year on the seventh year anniversary, episode I can't remember what episode that was, but I played old clips from what this show was like as a podcast. Yeah. Well, it being the 400th episode of Off the Cuff, I would like to do the same today. Oh, gosh. I hope you don't play no bad ones of me in that. We're going to jump into the time machine back when Off the Cuff was just a podcast. Remember, it started on March the 1st, 2014. And that's a long time ago. And I love podcasting. And and I I used to really enjoy it back before I was on the radio just doing podcasting. I mean, everybody could tell. And this was just, a, it was a small show where it wasn't even on iTunes for the first, like, 100 episodes. Was that Podcast Garden then? It was, like, on a strange, weird website that nobody had ever heard of, <laughs> Podcast Garden. And that was the only place that you could hear it. Hey, you brought, you brought them a lot of traffic. But what, yes, but what I was so shocked about... Uh, this uh, during that time with Off the Cuff was how we were able to score such major guests. 
And I've talked about some of the guests that we've had on the show before. We've had Brad Calipari on the show. Uh, we've had uh, the Brandon K. Hampton from Better Call Saul. We've had a little rascal on the show. And I played interviews of those guys. But I would like to go back to episode 91. Oh, man. Episode 91, where I got to interview the co-host of Kentucky Sports Radio, Ryan Lemon, who said he would come and do this show. And I was so shocked when he said he would, because you got to think, this is a guy who co-hosts the biggest radio show in the state. Well, but why were you shocked? I was shocked because he was giving us time, giving us the time of day just to come on and and speak. Hey, now don't shortchange yourself too much there. So let's get back into the time machine and let's go back and listen to just a small clip of my interview with Ryan Lehman. Let's take a listen. Awesome, man. Well, Ryan, I love hearing you on KSR, and I truly feel uh, like part of the success of that show has had over the last couple of years is because of you. So could you take me back to how you became a part of Kentucky Sports Radio and how you became the official co-host? How did that all start for you? Well, it's kind of, really, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. I, uh, I worked at uh, Channel 18 in Lexington as a sports anchor for 12 years, but kind of got out of the business when uh, my wife and I had kids. Just, I just wanted to be a dad. You know, worked at the TV station. I just couldn't be a dad the way I wanted to with the hours. So I was really kind of out of the, the broadcasting media world. And Matt had started KSR in Louisville. And he had done it for about a year uh, before I joined him. And he had Mark Krebs did Monday and Tuesday with him. And then he had a guy named Perrin Johnson did uh, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Drew Franklin did Friday. Well... Mark Krebs was not, he was sick or something, he couldn't come in one day. So he, Matt just called me to come and called me to, to fill in. So I just filled in one day. Well, then about a week later, Mark Krebs told Matt, Matt, listen, I need, I need to quit the show. I'm taking a job and I'm moving to New Orleans. So Matt said, Ryan, can you do every Monday, Tuesday? I'm like, yeah, that's no big deal. And I'm not kidding you, it's probably a month later, Perry Johnson said, man, I, I, I need to leave the show. My job's not letting me do it. So Matt asked me, can you do Monday through Thursday? I'm like, well, yeah. And then about another month later, he said, look, if you can, let's just do every day. Be my permanent co-host Monday through Friday. So I think I came in and filled in one day and just never left. That's kind of how the story goes. Isn't that amazing? Oh, you know whose story that sounds like, though. Well, it, it happened organically. Yeah. It happened organically, and I start to think about how things like that happen. What if Mark Krebs would have never left? Mark Krebs doesn't have any job compared to what Ryan, Ryan Lemon has these days. No. So he gave up a huge opportunity because he didn't know what KSR would become, but he had, but Ryan Lemon had faith in it, mm-hmm. and it, it worked. Hey, when you see something that you know is right for you, you know, just stick around. You will make the sacrifices for it. Yes, and he's still there, and I think a lot of that success of that program on Kentucky Sports Radio is because of the co-host, Ryan Lemon. Everybody loves Ryan. Okay, let's listen at another throwback interview from when Off the Cuff was just a podcast, Amber. Back in the day, Patrick Tolles, the former quarterback at the University of Kentucky, he decided to come on this show back when news was surrounding him. He just announced that he was going to leave Kentucky and transfer to Boston College as the quarterback, and everybody was wanting to interview Patrick Tolles. Well, guess where Patrick Tolles came and did an interview? Off the cuff. Right here on Off the Cuff. Let's listen at what Patrick Tolles had to say. 
Now, I've read that you are a political science major, and also another fun fact about you is that you are the grandson of former United States Senator Jim Bunning. If you ask me, that's got Patrick Toe's future politician written all over it. Any interest into getting into politics in your future? I wanted to make sure I interviewed him about things that not everybody was going to ask him. I'm not, that was a, in, in true classic form. That was a good Adam Banks question. Yes. Do you have a career in politics? Possibly. I mean, it's. It's in your blood, my man. He was probably like, this dude did his homework. <laughs> now, this next one here that I'm going to play, I, I really do enjoy this one. Uh, this was with Tyler Ulysses' father, James Ulysses. This is episode 51 of the podcast. I think I had only been doing off the cuff for a year at this point. And Tyler Ulysses was larger than life when he was the point guard here at Kentucky. And his father... While Tyler was playing here, his father came on this little show off the cuff and did an interview with me. And I would like to play that interview now. What uh, advice did you give your son when he was making one of the biggest decisions of his athletic career? What advice um, as a father do you give your son in, in that type of big major decision? First of all, I told him to make the decision, decision he felt was best for him. Don't worry about me, don't worry about mom, don't worry about friends, people, you know, from outside and what they thought or, or you know, because he, he's the one that's got to be at UK. He's the one you got to play. Uh, you, you, you're going to play for the coach. I mean, it's not hard to see how Cal coaches. He's watching him over the years. I mean, we had a good time last year watching him as he, you know, him and Aaron, you know, developed their relationship and how, how tough he is on his point guard and how the expectations are so high. So, I just told him it was best, and you know, I felt like I raised him right. Um, you know, at the end, he did ask for my advice and, and said, hey, what do you think about me going to UK? I said, I think it's a great fit. And um, I just told him go where he'd like to go because he has to be there. I don't have to be there. His mom, his friends, or whoever. And um, I said, make the decision where you feel like you're going to be most happy. And he studied the game, and he knew that the Cavs offense and the players that would be around him would fit his style of play. And, um, and obviously, it's worked out great for him. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank, thank you, James Eulis, for talking to your son and giving him that great advice. <laughs> I do want to say to about Tyler Eulis, since we're talking about him, uh, get well soon. He was involved in a automobile accident. He is recovering. Yes, just the other oh, day. No. Scary. One of my favorite UK basketball players of all time to ever play at Kentucky. But he is recovering. He is okay. But he did give us all a scare. But yes, Amber, just those three small interviews. Oh, I love that you say small. Yes. Come on. And if you want to check out those interviews in its entirety, the Ryan Lemon interview is episode 91. The Patrick Toes interview is episode 92. And then the James Eulis interview is episode 51. They're all located in our archives. Uh, but... I just think about those days back when I was just podcasting. Those guests would come on this show, and it meant so much to me. And when I was podcasting, before this show was on the radio, I covered a lot of things on this show. The Donald Trump election, 
You covered the whole Trump election? The whole Trump election. I covered March Madness tournaments year after year. I talked about the whole Caitlyn Jenner (laughs) fiasco when she was transitioning into a a woman. I talked about the problems over in ISIS. I talked about the Paris-France attacks. There were so many serious things that we did talk about on on, on the show when it was just a podcast. But 400 episodes, it's a lot. It's a celebratory moment. So much has happened in the last 400 episodes. March 1st made it eight years. How did that feel? I am. I'm curious. Really, how did you feel when it hit the eight-year mark? It it doesn't seem that long. I can't believe it has been that long. But I want to say it's a passion, and I have enjoyed every single second of it. Now, Amber, one of my best friends in the world, is now co-hosting this show with me. Hey. And she's just been a part of how many episodes now? Uh, a lot. A ton. A lot. A ton of those 400 episodes. <laughs> but I hope to keep entertaining everyone here on Off the Cuff for the next 400 episodes. But it is going to be a celebratory episode because it is our, it's a big one, 400. It is. But we still have lots more Off the Cuff coming at you live after these words. Stick with us. We'll be right back. With so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being Snoop Deagle double G. But I somehow, way keep coming up with funky like every single day. May I kick a little something yeah. for the G's and make a few wins as I breeze through. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. I posted another <laughs> reel on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen it. It was a FaceTime call that I got from Snoop Doggy Dog. I know. You and Uncle Snoop have a little FaceTime. He's going through something, though. Yeah, you know, he called me. Him. He called me with that music in the background. I think he's going through a breakup. You tried. You tried to comfort him. I did. He's been calling, calling me nonstop, though. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. He's always been an interesting character. We know he smokes a ton of weed. Oh, yeah. We do know that about him. But one of the most interesting things about Snoop Dogg is the fact that he has on payroll a PBR. He calls that a professional blunt roller. He has this person on payroll. And I thought the perfect job didn't exist. <laughs> listen, to, listen to this. Him and Seth Rogen appeared on the Howard Stern Show back in 2019. And he admitted to Howard that he does have a professional blunt roller, a PBR, on payroll. And both uh, Seth Rogen and Snoop, they praised this <laughs> They praised this guy for how good he, at, he is at rolling blunts. <laughs> And Snoop says, if you're great at something, I need you. I'm hiring you. Could you imagine that job interview? Right? <laughs> like, what kind of questions? What, what, like, did you have to perform your act? Like, like, how much spit do you get on the blunt? Dora? Yeah, like, did you weigh that spit out in grams or what? <laughs> well, Howard asked Snoop, how much does his professional blunt roller make? And Snoop says, quote, that's somewhere between... a year. So he says he pays him about $35,000 cash a year. And he says, he continues, though, with saying that his PBR gets free weed, Uh. all paid expenses. He says everything he gets, 
his PBR gets. He says if he gets a new uh, pair of shoes, he gets his PBR a new pair of shoes. He says so it equals out to be about fifty grand a year. Uh, again, perfect job. And Seth Rogen made it clear that this professional blunt roller is not just some pushover. He said he is a craftsman at rolling Aye. blunts. Well, Amber Turner, PBR, right here, looking for work. He says it's amazing. Uh, Seth Rogen said it's amazing how the blunt roller knows how to gauge the look on somebody's face. When it seems like somebody wants a blunt, he starts rolling. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got, like, blunt intuition. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because Snoop said he was wasting so much time rolling blunts, he said he felt like it was money well spent because Snoop smokes a lot. Uh, Yeah. But a professional blunt roller... And it made me start thinking of all of the weird jobs that celebrities hire people to do. Oh, man. And a professional blunt roller, I I would consider not to be an everyday job that you hear. Uh, No, I think that's the perfect job, but... Definitely not one you hear all the time. I have a list here of some of the weirdest jobs that that celebrities hire people to do. Let's start with Pink. Did you know, you know, the singer Pink? Yeah. Pink requires a nipple pincher to get her amped for performances. Uh, That means that she wants somebody to stand there and pinch her nipples before she gets out on stage because that gets her riled up. I don't know about that. True story. Don't sign me up for that one. Lady Gaga needs a nighttime cuddler. It says here in 2013... Uh, that Lady Gaga's former personal assistant, Jennifer O'Neill, sued her boss for unpaid overtime. Among the many allegations that Miss O'Neill made regarding Gaga's clingy demands was one that required her to sleep in bed alongside her boss. So she, Lady Gaga doesn't like to sleep alone, so she hired somebody to basically sleep with her to help relieve her nightmares. Lady Gaga, I would do that for no money. <laughs> no money. Free of charge. I'll pay you. Larry Ellison, who is a billionaire, he's got a net worth of $50 billion. He hired somebody to follow his speedboat around to retrieve basketballs. <laughs> well, wait, what now? He shoots basketballs <laughs> yeah. on his yacht, and yeah. when he shoots basketballs, you know how sometimes basketballs will just obviously go off the boat into the water? He hired a boat to follow him (laughs) so they can retrieve the basketballs that fall off the boat. I mean, are they throwing them back up there? What are they doing? Yeah, they just hand them back. I would have loved to have had somebody like that when I was a kid retrieve my basketballs from the creek whenever they went I was going to say, go go over and jump in the dry creek before you get it out. Ludacris used to pay someone to carry extra Game Boy batteries for him. Paid a whole person yeah. to carry extra Game Boy batteries for him. That's so 2000s <laughs> because <laughs> you got to think there's nothing worse than one of your most valuable possessions to run out of batteries, right? Well, and it's a Game Boy, too. And it's a Game Boy. So he had to hire somebody to carry around extra batteries with him just so his Game Boy wouldn't run out and he'd always have some. Uh, could you imagine being Ludacris's battery Game Boy holder and you have to go buy one and you're frantic? I got to have this. Ludacris has got to play. Game Boy now. Rod Stewart has his own room darkening team. A what? He doesn't like sunlight to wake him up. He don't like any natural light to wake him up. So he hired a whole team to make sure that that never happens. He has his own team of people go to locations before he goes to sleep to darken the room by taping up all open cracks and windows. So he's a vampire. 
He doesn't like to get woken up by light. I can feel him on that. I don't have any curtains hanging up in my bedroom <laughs> right now. Just letting that and morning sunshine in. That morning sunshine is is terrible. <laughs> Look behind you and see if everything is fine because our producer keeps giving us a, a good – yeah, he keeps giving us a nod. I don't know if something's technically wrong. Hopefully everything's going good. But anyway, CeeLo Green. Remember CeeLo? Used to uh, be... Forget you. Yeah, I think him. he was a... Was he American Idol or The Voice? I think he was The Voice. He did The Voice back in the day. But he pays a sweat wiper. <laughs> somebody to wipe the sweat off him because he is known to sweat a lot. Well, I know a few people that could use those services. <laughs> it says, according to several sources, someone from his entourage is tasked with wiping his sweat away while another simply has to unwrap and place chewing gum in his mouth. Do what now? Yep. You mean you so lazy can't even put your own gum in your mouth? Mark Wahlberg has a human alarm clock with him. Do what? It says here that actor Mark Wahlberg is well known for his timekeeping and for getting up incredibly early. And it is something he takes very seriously to ensure he always makes a good impression and is never late for an appointment. So this means that he has to take extra precautions and he hired somebody to be a human alarm clock for him. So a por- a reportedly, this person, all they have to do is wake him up in the morning and make sure he gets to places on time. Yeah. A human alarm now, clock. Now, so you say human alarm clock, and I thought maybe somebody was going in there making alarm sounds. Somebody, right? How does he wake him up? Does he just t- shake him barely like... Hey, wake oh up, Mark. no, that's Marky Mark. I'd say, come on, funky bunch, get out of the bed. <laughs> Prince Charles hired somebody. Well, I don't know if he hired somebody or he just demanded someone in the palace to do this, <laughs> but he had somebody that undressed him. Uh-huh. So he hired somebody to undress him. He yeah. didn't want to undress himself, so he hired somebody to undress himself. Yeah, and that man is so not good looking, he literally had to pay somebody to come and do it. I mean, come on. Right? Very unattractive. Hate that for him. Mm. You know, it says here that he hired people to take off his clothes. One report suggests that the prince may never have undressed himself ever in his life. Uh, Yeah, but he's still paying people. Do you know who Nick Swaggy P. Young is? (laughs) I have a feeling I don't want to know. He's a basketball player. (laughs) Played for the Lakers back in the day. But he pays someone to guard his tennis shoes. It says here that he has... A ton of fans, and he's always been somewhat eccentric. Yeah. And so he's got a lot of shoes that he keeps. And among the many things he he's done to grab headlines for his off-court antics, he hires two men to watch over his shoes and ensures no shoes are ever stolen. The move to hire full-time guards might stem from a burglarly, a burger. I can't even say that word. <laughs> not a burger. Not the hamburger. <laughs> that sounds good. I, I struggle with this word. Burglary. <laughs> Burglary. There you go. Burglary in 2015. Mariah Carey hires somebody to hold her drinks for her. Uh, they make drink holders every day, so I'm, I'm confused on that one. Oprah needs a bra expert so her underwear fits perfectly. Uh, 1,000%. If I had Oprah money, I'd have one of those. And Nellie has a, not Nellie that used to be on Off the Cuff, but Nellie the rapper has a special caregiver for his jewelry. Oh, man. Yes, it says, if you thought the only notable piece of bling rock by Nellie was his signature facial band-aid, you were wrong. He has a large enough collection of jewels to need a jewelry caregiver to travel around with him. (sighs) 
think about all these weird, strange jobs that celebrities hire people to do. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. When you got so much money, you got to spend it somehow. Well, out of all those jobs, though, I think Snoop's PBR yeah. has the coolest. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's where I want to go. So if you maybe are looking for another job, mm-hmm. go move out to Los Angeles. You don't really have to be an actor to move out to Los Angeles. Work for a celebrity and have a really cool job. Amber Turner, PBR. But those are some of the weirdest jobs that celebrity that celebrities hire people to do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back after these words. Stick with us. everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Thank you for being with us. It is Off the Cuff's 400th episode today. Amber, we know that there was an invasion in Ukraine and we know there's a lot of things happening over there, but there was a local home invasion I don't know if you've heard about, but it happened in Richmond, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. And it involved a Kentucky lawyer and his daughter. No, I'm sorry. It it involved a Kentucky lawyer and her father. The Kentucky lawyer, her name was Jordan Morgan. She was 32 years old. She was killed Mm. due to a home invasion. A guy broke into their house, into this man's house. And this man, his was a politician, well-known politician, and he had a mansion. I'm talking a mansion. Not one of those just big old houses, but a legit mansion. Swimming poo, all that kind of good stuff. In Richmond? In Richmond. Dang. Yes. And he was known... For having this bunker in his house. It was a bunker that apparently cost over a couple of million dollars to build. What kind of bunker are we talking about? Well, according to the realtor's website, because he put the house up for sale a while back, that the bunker is built to withstand a a seismic 12 earthquake and has three air filterizations from Switzerland, two escape tunnels, one of which is approximately 100 yards long. That's doing too much. I mean, look mm-hmm. look at what happened. Your house got broken into, mm-hmm. and look what happened. That bunker and didn't that do bunker anything. that bunker wouldn't go on and save you from that. That's doing too much. But a lot of this is speculation. Nobody knows the motive as to why this guy broke into their house, Jordan Morgan. Or, I'm sorry, this kid that broke into the house, uh, Gilday was his name. But nobody knows the motive. People think that he was trying to get access to that bunker. Yeah. Because, what do you think was in there, Teresa? Uh, you know how some people are. They think the end of the world's coming, so they got to take over a place with a bunker. You know how psychos are. Yeah. He's a psycho. Well, so Bubby, I'd have probably waited till something real big happened before I did all that. But, you know, that's all speculation. Nobody knows if that's what he was doing. Because nobody knows. Nobody really knows why he broke into this man's house. Yeah. I mean, he was in politics, so... Uh, was it a political uh, statement? Uh, nobody really knows why this guy did it. And he, he's been captured, though, hasn't he? Uh, he yeah, he has. He, I know that. He has been captured. So 
Uh, Wesley Morgan was the politician. It was his house. It was his mansion. And he got into a shootout with the shooter. Yeah. And he was shot. Mm. He survived. And his daughter, unfortunately, was shot in the bed while she was sleeping. And I'm telling you what's the truth. That would be, you know, there's a lot of bad ways to die. Dying ain't good any way you look at it. But in your own bed... They Fox 56 here in Lexington, they interviewed the man, and they actually got really personal with the interview, and they went inside the home. Yeah. And the man, Wesley Morgan, talk, he showed around the house. He, was, he stood in his daughter's bedroom. Ooh. It was a suite. Yeah, he well. built her an apartment. He built her like she had a living room. Uh, it was unreal. Nice. It was unreal. People think bedroom, and you're thinking, you know, four walls. And no. No, it was a nice house. Yeah. And he was just talking about how it's a parent's job to have to protect your children and he failed miserably at that. It's so sad. It's so, so sad. He's seventy years old. He he says he'll never get over it. Well, but and, and you know there was nothing he could have done. Even that you know, that bunker you spent all the money on wasn't gonna help you from that, you know. But I mean I can see that. You know, you're seventy, somebody break in on you, your younger daughter dies. Her name was Jordan Morgan. She previously worked as a deputy press secretary in former Governor Matt Bevan's office. She also worked as an assistant Commonwealth attorney in Boone and Gallatin counties. And she recently joined the Reminger Law Office here in Lexington. Uh, they quoted and said, Miss Morgan was employed uh, here for one week, and she was a joy to be around. And I, I think everybody's just shocked that something yeah. like that can happen and and you would think that a place like that would have security. It'd be hard to get in. But listen, if you want to break into a house, you can break into a house. Just break the window and be quick about it. Yep. Easy peasy. Yes. So, and and you got to think, this man, he had protection. He mm -hmm. got into a shootout. It, oh, yeah. You just don't really know how to handle those situations until you're in them. And it was just a very tragic situation. Uh, they did obtain uh, and arrest Shannon Gilday around 4.30 a.m. on Monday, less than two miles from uh, former state representative, representative Wesley Morgan's home on Willis Branch. Yeah. So he has been arrested. So hopefully they get down to the bottom as to what his motive exactly was. But it's scary, folks. You can have the guns in your house. You can have a bunker in your house like this guy did. And look what happened. A tragedy, a true tragedy. Mm. And and died for no reason. No reason in her own bed. Had her whole life ahead of her. And it all is speculation as to why he did break into the house. Was it for the bunker? Was it not? Do you think... That he knew this state representative. Do you think he knew his daughter Jordan? What do you do? You think there's a bigger story than than what the news is reporting? Well, now that you've mentioned that this house had been previously put up for sale, I think it was probably 2018, 2019 that happened. Because I remember us talking about a house with a bunker in Richmond, Kentucky, of all places. So maybe he was fascinated by the house. It is a beautiful home. Mm -hmm. Maybe he was fascinated by that and just wanted to be inside the home. Who knows? And it makes you wonder, like, buddy, what did you think was going to happen once you committed murder? You were going to get to sleep and live there? Well, I mean, maybe that wasn't the original intent. You know, maybe he wasn't going in there to kill. You know, maybe he was just going in to see what he could snatch. It is very, very sad, and just be cautious, be mindful, and try to protect yourselves uh, in all ways possible. But, ladies and gentlemen, kind of a nice day outside. Maybe even nice enough to go out on the porch and listen to this 
song of the week. But we are going to take Off the Cuff's song of the week break. Roll down the windows if you're in your car and enjoy Can I Kick It by A Tribe Called Quest. We'll be right back after the song. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I am so upset with Facebook for always kicking us off during when we play our song of the week. We play it over the uh, speakers here at the station, and they like to kick us off of Facebook saying that we don't own this music. How is that even possible when we're a radio station and we log it? Well, Facebook was saying that you can't kick it with a tribe (laughs) called Quest. That's frustrating. (laughs) It's our 400th episode. Facebook, let us let, let us, us live our it. life. Let us live it like Hulk Hogan's living his. <laughs> Did you see my man went through another divorce and I, already has another girlfriend? I seen that. If you remember, Hulk Hogan divorced his first wife Linda, or she left him. But that was one of the biggest divorce settlements where the female took home almost everything. She, I mean, she cleaned his clock. Woo. Cleaned his clock, got about 60% of what he owned. Wow. I mean, he was completely broke after the divorce because not only did Linda take everything that he had, he was right in the middle of a lawsuit because his son uh, pretty much crippled another child or another kid. Yeah, that really bad car wreck, wasn't it? It was a really bad car accident. Yeah, so he went through a divorce and he got remarried, and after 11 years, uh, he is now divorced and has a new woman named Sky. Nice. And Sky looks a lot like the first and second wife. <laughs> I am seeing a theme with the Hulkster. I am too. He tweeted, he said, Yo, maniacs, just for the record. Uh, he said, uh, Me and my ex divorced, and this is my new girlfriend, Sky. <laughs> he said, I am officially divorced. Sorry, I thought I. I uh, told everyone I, I love all of my maniacs for life. Uh, I don't know. But hey, I like how he wanted to just remind everybody, hey, I'm divorced. Here's my new woman. Probably because people were confused because they look so much the same. Yeah. And she, probably calling her by the ex-wife's name. Yeah. Made her real mad. Yeah. I bet you that she's the one made him do this. I absolutely. <laughs> he hoaxer. Listen here. So it says that according to legal documents... Obtained by TMZ, Hulk and Jen's divorce settlement calls for Hulk Hogan to buy her a new car within 45 days and guarantee she has to make zero payments to the vehicle. Uh, The make and model aren't addressed in the paperwork, but a condition of the purchase is Hulk gets to keep the ride that they shared during the marriage. Other takeaways from the divorce documents, Jen gets to keep... Uh, Jen's keeping a property that they bought together in Palm Island, Florida, and Hulk codes on to his Clearwater mansion. As for alimony, the document states that Hulk paid Jennifer a one-time lump sum of cash, but the amount isn't disclosed. There's a non-disclosing uh, clause that prevents each of them from talking about uh, their relationship uh, without anybody signing off on it. He wouldn't go on through the ringer again. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, because he got all of his money back because he actually sued a pornographic company Yes, uh, for releasing <laughs> a video that he did not know he was in, yeah. and they made a bunch of money on it for Sean the Hulkster. I've seen that, actually. I watched it. But, Amber, a lot of people... You watched it? I did. So a lot of people... <laughs> No comment. A lot of people uh, in the spotlight have had major divorce settlements. Uh-huh. Here are some of the biggest divorce settlements. Oh, I better get my notes out. 
of all time. There's the Jeff Bezos divorce. Oh, yeah. That's the biggest of all time. That happened in 2019 from Mackenzie Bezos. It's still considered the biggest divorce in the world. $38.5 billion Woo. settlement Woo. is what she got. Well, buddy. She could send about that point five over to me. <laughs> Good night. Alec Wildstein, uh, divorced from Jocelyn Wildstein, got a $5.9 billion settlement. Rupert Murdoch, divorced from uh, his wife Anna in 1999. Uh, she got $2.6 billion in the divorce. Tiger Woods, divorced uh, in 2010 after five or six years from his wife. And she got an estimated $710 million. Oh, my word. Mel Gibson divorced in 2006 after 26 years from his wife. And she got an estimated $546 million. Mel Gibson's worth that much? Michael Jordan divorced his wife in 2016 after 16 or 17 years of marriage. And she got $216 million in the divorce. Harrison Ford divorced his wife in 20. Or in 2004, after 20 years of marriage, she got $118 million. Greg Norman divorced his wife, and after 25 years of marriage, she got $103 million. Steven Spielberg divorced his wife in 1989 after four years of marriage, and his wife got $249 million. Oh, my word. That's just a high school term. That's all that is. Yeah. Madonna divorced in 2018 after eight years from Guy Ritchie, and Guy got somewhere between 91 to $111 million from Madonna. Now, that ain't often you hear a man get money. Kevin Costner divorced his wife after 16 years of marriage in 1994. She got $140 million. Kenny Rogers divorced his wife after 16 years of marriage. She got $117 million. James Cameron, you know, the big famous Titanic director, he divorced his wife in 1999 after two years of marriage, and she got $78 million. That'd be the best two years of my life. Paul McCartney, the famous Beatle, divorced his wife after six years in 2008, and she got $58 million. Phil Collins divorced his wife in 2008. And she got $55 million. Michael Douglas divorced his wife in 95. After 18 years, she got $45 million. Ted Danson divorced his wife after 16 years. She got $54 million. Donald Trump divorced his wife, Ivana, in 1992. She got $46 million. Kelsey Grammer, you know, that's Frazier. Yeah. Frazier divorced his wife in 2011 after 14 years. His wife got $30 million. Lionel, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie? Yeah, Lionel Richie from American Idol. After 14 years of marriage, or I'm sorry, after nine years of marriage, his wife got $27 million. Johnny Carson, the king of late night, divorced his wife in 1985 after 13 years, and she received $48 million. Mick Jagger, he divorced his wife uh, in 1999, and she got $39 million. And then Slash... Divorced, he was the guitarist from Guns, Guns N' Roses. Roses. After 13 years of marriage, she got $6.6 million plus $100,000 per month spousal support and $39,000 per month for child support. Wow. I'm still, I'm reeling over here that Mel Gibson's woman walked away <laughs> with more than Michael Jordan's. Yes. I am amazed that some of these people got that much money after just two years of marriage. That's what I'm saying. Somebody had a bad lawyer in that situation. Yeah, buddy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we still have one more segment to go. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. Backed off the cuff, last segment of the hour. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Episode 400 of this amazing talk radio show. Amber, at the towards the beginning of the show, we talked about some of the weirdest jobs that celebrities hire people to do, but what if you're not really a celebrity? Yeah. There's still weird jobs out there. Okay. There's still weird jobs out there, and Amber, I've got a list here of the top ten weirdest jobs in the world. Okay. So, it's not every day that you hear people having jobs like this. But Amber, did you know that there is such thing as a professional sleeper? A what? A professional sleeper. A hotel in Finland hired a member of staff as a professional sleeper to test the comfort of their beds. The individual sleeps in a different one of the hotel beds each night and writes a review about her satisfaction for each one. I've been planning for that my whole life. Yes. There is a person, they call this person the drying paint watcher, <laughs> who literally watches paint dry. You know, I've, I've always said that that's one of those tasks that I would do if I really don't want to do something. It's just to slosh paint up on the wall and watch, and watch it dry. It dry. <laughs> well, uh, a man in the UK currently has the job, and he spends his days painting sheets of cardboard to test how long new paint mixes take to dry and watches uh, the changes in color and texture. There is a full-time Netflix viewer. Imagine being paid to watch TV all day. No, I could do that. There is a train pusher. A what? A train pusher. Okay, a country in Japan or in Japan. Yeah. Uh, there is a company that hired to help cram as many people onto a train as possible by pushing them from the outside until the doors will close. Oh, so it's literally like a human being pushing other human beings on a train. Yes. Oh, that would not work here. Somebody push me and it would be game over. Listen at this weird job. There is a job called a professional mourner. A professional mourner? A professional mourner. It is a tradition in Southeast Asia that a loud funeral will assist the dead as they travel to the afterlife. So professional mourners are hired to cry and weep loudly throughout the service. <laughs> Why, my granny does that for free going to any funeral back home, oh, Lord. <laughs> Those, you know, you do know people out there that keep and holler, Hey, right? trust me, I know plenty of them run up down the aisles just a hooping and hollering. Well, if you're looking for a job, maybe you could become a snake milker. I already killed two. Now, that is not for the lighthearted. The job of a snake milker is to collect the venom of poisonous snakes in jars for use in anti-venoms and other medication. Thank God someone's brave enough to do that job. Well, I've already slaughtered two in the last two days. There is a dog food tester job out there. For a human being? The dog food tester job is to taste new dog food products, including bones, tin meat, and biscuits. They do this to test the flavor and texture in comparison to rival dog food brands and human food. <laughs> so there's somebody walking around with a dog bone in their mouth. This next one right here disgusts me. There is a job called an odor judge. Mm -hmm. An odor judge. Mm -hmm. In order to test the effectiveness of new products, odor judges are hired to smell volunteers' breath, feet, and armpits. They make sure their judgment is accurate. The members of staff have their sense of smell tested monthly. Let's hope those products are being, or th those products are doing the trick for the judge's sake. Oh yeah. Hopefully they're not uh, 
so bad that they can smell bad armpits. I mean, could you imagine having to make sure that the deodorant's working so you have to go smell somebody's armpit? Well, now, look, we used to have to do that, and we did not get paid for it riding the school buses and stuff back home, if you remember. There is a Merrimite uh, taster. A Merrimite taster. They say as part of a team of Merrimite testers, uh, he or she is responsible for checking each batch of Merrimite and making sure that they're the correct texture, consistency, and flavor. In 30 years, he or she has been working. Uh, this job has been a an existing job for this company. And I don't even know what that is. That's what I was going to say. I don't even know what that is. Okay, and then finally one more here. There is a scuba diving pizza delivery man. That... How cool is that? This person works at a underwater hotel in Florida, and if that's not bizarre enough, <laughs> uh, they have a scuba diving pizza delivery man who supplies them with pizza by carrying them through the sea in a water light case. So wait, there's an underwater hotel in Florida? Yeah. Well, I know where we're gonna go on How holiday. How cool is that? And there's a delivery guy that will deliver pizza underwater. Well, how does that work? How do you not get the pizza wet? I would be like, one cheese pizza, just for me. (laughs) Just for me. But those are some weird jobs. Celebrities are not the only people that hire people to do weird things. There's also weird jobs out there that exist uh, that regular people do. But ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps up another episode of Off the Cuff, episode 400 to be exact. You can listen to all 400 episodes of Off the Cuff by subscribing to Off the Cuff with Adam Banks on podcast. The podcast is available on all your favorite podcasting streaming services, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. You can follow me, the host, on social media at The Adam Banks. You can follow the co-host on social media at Ambu447. You can follow the show on social media at off the Cuff with Adam Banks. We release new episodes live right here on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9, every Thursday from 4 to 5, which means we will be back next week from 4 to 5 with a brand new episode, episode 401. I believe my cousin is coming in to do an interview. Family reunion. Yeah, he's got a band, and he's coming in to do some, okay. some music and to talk. But I'm excited about that. And I want to personally thank you guys, the listeners, for listening for 400 episodes and for sticking with us. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Ember Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We'll see you next Thursday. Thursday.